You're listening to The Lead, a podcast where we learn how to get ahead in the media industry from the people that did. I'm Daniel Funky. Today on the show, we have Nasinga Burton, digital editor of Grady News Source, the student broadcast news organization here at the Grady College of Journalism. Dr. Burton teaches news writing and multi-platform production classes at the Grady College, and she has some fantastic insight about how to make digital-first newsrooms more inclusive. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was created by the Cox Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership as part of its Innovation Fellowship Program. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Dr. Burton joined the Grady College in August 2016 as a full-time faculty member after a successful career in digital journalism. She is an editor-at-large for The Root, a Univision company focused on news, opinion, and analysis for African-American influencers. She also serves as executive director of the National Association of Multicultural Digital Entrepreneurs. During our interview, Dr. Burton touches on the intersection of entrepreneurship and innovation, and she offers advice for students who see their diversity as an obstacle for making it in the media industry. Here's our conversation. How are you doing, Dr. Burton? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Thank you so much for being here. So today you presented about the intersection of entrepreneurs and innovation at the Cox Institute's Entrepreneurial Journalism Symposium. Mm-hmm. This week is Athens Startup Week, so we're talking a lot about the future of news. For you, what is that intersection between entrepreneurship and innovation? Entrepreneurship and innovation work hand in hand. Uh, innovation... People toss that word around a lot, and it can be used in a lot of different contexts. But when we talk about it specifically with journalism, we're really thinking about the ways in which we can distribute or disseminate information to our audiences, right? And so we're looking at the best way to do that in what we call a tech ecosystem, uh, which is rapidly changing and always changing or what have you. So we're looking for solutions. Um, So when we talk about journalism and we talk about innovation and then we talk about entrepreneurship, a lot of that innovation and a lot of those solutions are coming out of the entrepreneurial pool. And that is because those are the people who actually take risks, um, as opposed to corporations, not to say they don't, uh, but they do what they do, which is meet the bottom line at all costs. Um, entrepreneurs are people who are uh, not risk averse. Um, they are typically people who are resilient. They're typically people who are problem solvers. And they are typically uh, people who can kind of wait a little bit for return. Right. And so what is happening with entrepreneurship, journalism and innovation is that a lot of our problems are now being solved by entrepreneurs. Um, And so you can't have one without the other at this point. You recently joined the Grady College faculty and you've Mm -hmm. been innovating ever since, actually. You've been Mm -hmm. the digital editor of Grady News Source and you really revamped their digital presence. So what were some of the things that you first did when you got to Grady with News Source and how has it really affected the student journalists work? Oh, that's a good question. So. The first thing that you have to do is look at the analytics and uh, Castingera, shout out to Castingera. He is kind of like the analytics king. He's very much interested in that. So we sat down and he shared a lot of information with me. I did my own research. I talked to students. I talked to faculty. You know, I did what journalists do, interviewed a bunch of people and then basically synthesized what needed to be done for the website as it is. Right. Because, you know, you can always project and think about what you need in the future. But what do we have here? What are the resources that are available and what needs to be done to improve it right now? Um, And so basically after doing that that research and looking at that in comparison to what's actually being done in the field 
um, because, you know, I work in the field, um, I was able to determine that there were some things that could be changed and, you know, that they needed to really kind of strengthen uh, process uh, in terms of how news was being gathered, how it was being incorporated into the editorial meetings, uh, how it was making its way onto the site, uh, who was responsible for that, um, as well as how it was being tagged, right? How are people finding news on news source? You know, what's the point of doing these stories? And our students do amazing stories. But what's the point of doing the stories if people can't find them outside of Grady? So, you know, there was a lot to work on from an SEO perspective, from an SEM perspective, getting our social media tightened up, you know, as part of the overall production process. Um, and, you know, with news gathering, as you know, newsrooms, um, there is a very traditional model that exists in the broadcast space. Um, but luckily, you know, along with uh, Hazinski and, and Cantrell, who were on board and very helpful as well, um, we were able to really incorporate the digital into the overall production process and to get a much better digital presence uh, for Grady. The goals of a lot of news organizations now are headed more toward what a lot of people call a digital first direction, mm -hmm. which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So to you and to news source in general, what does a digital first mentality really look like? For me, digital first is not just putting what's going on in broadcast on the web. That's boring. We can see that at six and ten. <laughs> So we don't need to see more of that. I think digital first means how can we experiment with ways of storytelling that enhance the other work that's being done in the broadcast space. And so it's not just reproducing other people's content or even the content on the broadcast, but really creating and curating content that really speaks specifically to audiences and enhances what's happening in the broadcast world. So that's what digital first means to me. It's not one or the other. They're not in competition with each other. You've got to do it, right? If you're not doing digital, you're going to be out of business. If you're not doing broadcast, you're going to be out of business. So you've got to do both. Um, so it's really thinking of different ways in which you can use the space, and that's the digital media space, to enhance what's already happening in broadcast. As executive director of the National Association of Multicultural Digital Entrepreneurs, you advocate mm -hmm. for diversity in tech industries and media companies. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some of the biggest problems facing the industry today, and how do you think we should go about solving them? The biggest problem is exclusion. <laughs> Um, I think it, and, and we talked about this a little bit in, in the conference a little bit because um, what happens is you work with people for a long time and it's just human nature and it actually makes sense to keep working with people that you've had success with. Right. And so we get lazy. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, when I work and I'm in charge of hiring or what have you, it looks like my Facebook page. There are white people, they're Latino people, they're Asian people, they're women, men, straight, every population is represented. But when some people pull from their pool, it's like all one thing. Um, and so what happens is you have a lot of people being excluded. Um, and it's not a, just those kind of categories, but also socioeconomic categories and what have you. You can just go ahead and cut it down the line. And so what has to happen is that people have to be thoughtful and intentional in their hiring. And they have to take a chance on someone that they may not have personally worked with or know. And they have to actually go out and work a little bit harder um, because diversity does matter. And it does add value to the workplace. And it does add value to the quality and the type of content that is produced. 
And I, and I would argue that it allows you to actually connect with audiences that are much more diverse than they have been traditionally, at least in, at least we're now acknowledging that they're diverse. And so you have to have people who really represent and reflect our audience. Um, I think in order to really maximize any type of business uh, opportunities that you're trying to promote or that you're trying to promote. So I say that to say exclusion is a problem. People have to be thoughtful and intentional in their hiring. They have to recognize that there is value in diversity. You know, diversity is a word that people toss around all the time. But then you ask somebody, well, you know, what does diversity add? Blank stare. I mean, I just know it's the right thing to do. Well, that's great. (laughs) But let's, like, look at some measurable things, right? You know, you have most of the entrepreneurs who are actually making working in this space now are women followed by people of color. All right. So we are the folks who are working in this tech ecosystem. If you talk about businesses overall, 1.3 million businesses were started by women last year. Even more were started by black women <laughs> last year um, in terms of if you if you cross it against uh, race. All right. So my point is what you think and who you think are the folks that are doing the things that you are seeing. Because, you know, we think tech, we think young, hip, white boy (laughs) is not always what is reflected and what is really happening in the industry anyway. And so um, we need to give people an opportunity and a shot to do more than um, just be a visible person on a team, you know, to really lead, to hire and to allow folks the ability to succeed and fail as we do others. A lot of what you're talking about is about diversity and inclusion in newsrooms around the country. Mm-hmm. What do you think newsrooms are missing out on right now by not having diverse staffs? Do you think they're missing certain kinds of coverage or viewpoints, or do you think their overall product could be improved? All of it. <laughs> if you have people in your newsrooms, you know, I think they're examples. If you have people in your newsrooms who are not cut from the same cloth, then you have someone who can actually check you who can actually say, hey, have you thought about this perspective? Or like, hey, have you talked to this person? You know, it's not deep. It's not rocket science. The more diversity you have, the more resources you have. And so that, of course, helps your stories. You might have someone who can say, hey, listen, um, this story about the I-85 collapse, why are we focusing on this crack addict as opposed to, you know, the workers who stored the chemicals (laughs) uh, under the overpass in the first place? Who's doing that story, you know? Um, But if you kind of have the same people all the time doing the same thing then you miss out on that opportunity as well as you know some of the other things that people bring to the table um i was just looking at an article about jerry lawson uh, who's now deceased but he's a black man uh who actually worked very closely with bill gates and steve jobs and trained them in some of the technology that they have used to become billionaires uh and that's not a bad thing it's just that it's an unknown thing but if you ask people about technology and billionaires they'll list off steve jobs and bill gates but you'll never hear jerry lawson's name so it doesn't mean just because people don't know you were there that you weren't there and it doesn't mean that just because people won't acknowledge that you're there that you aren't there so you have to allow people to be in that space and you have to also tell people like hey this person is part of our team they're helping to make our coverage more fair and balanced if that's what you're trying to do or informed um, or this person was part of our team and this is the solution that we developed which made this a better user experience for you you know you have to tell those stories as well What advice do you have for journalism students or recent graduates who see their identity as an obstacle to breaking into the digital media industry? I I say that, you know, they're not the first generation to be facing it and they won't be the last. Um, That's what we do. You know, there's a book called Unthinking Eurocentrism by uh, Robert Stam and Ella Showett. And it's an old book, but it's a good one. Uh, And it really talks about unlearning the dominant ways of thinking 
uh, and you have to practice it every single day. Otherwise, you'll just continue to believe it, right? And even if you're not saying it or you don't, like, consciously believe it, by participating, you're complicit, right? And so you have to consciously say, I'm not going to be discriminated against women, like you have to say that to yourself every day when you're in a hiring situation, you're just like, okay, even though I'm going to feel more comfortable with this black person who's in this room, more than likely, you know, we don't know because we're very diverse as well too, but maybe there's a black woman who's a tech background who went to Northwestern who's coming in for this interview, right? I'm probably going to like her <laughs> based on those factors because she's a lot like me, but that doesn't mean that I should then exclude others because I know I'm going to like this person, Right. That means I'm like, okay, she's going to be cool, but I need to be open and honest and think about these other candidates as well. And if they can actually meet uh, the criteria and the competencies for this particular position. So it's that don't let it stand in your way. Make sure you show up prepared. You know, it's unfortunate, but sometimes you got to do twice as much to go half as far. Um, So, you know, and, and there are no second chances. That's what I tell my members. So don't talk to me about, oh, my God, I need this meeting with this VC. When you get this meeting, you better be ready because if you don't do it, it's never going to happen again. That's just that's just the tax. I call it the black tax. <laughs> um, the likelihood is just very slim. So just be ready, be prepared, and don't worry about other people's stuff. If somebody doesn't like black people, they don't like women, they don't like gay people, they don't like Jews, that's their stuff. You can't worry about that. All you can do is worry about you and putting your best foot forward. I recently presented to one of your classes about this podcast, actually. And I think the class is interesting in that it teaches students to report across a variety of different platforms, which is a class I totally wish I had when I was an undergraduate, (laughs) but I didn't, unfortunately. What do you think every student that comes through Grady, what quality do you want them to take away? I want them to have resiliency. You know, I want them to be resilient. Um, And I want them, I want students, I wish they understood how much we fail in life, (laughs) There's so many setbacks. There's so many challenges, you know, whether it's, I mean, in the workplace, personal, like you might lose someone, um, you might uh, lose a job and you might have to make a different choice or what have you. You might think that you have solved, you know, you have the cure for cancer and then you find out somebody else has it. (laughs) You know, there's so many things that we experience on our road and on our climb. And so the only thing that separates the wheat from the shaft is really resiliency, It's like, oh, you know, I didn't do as well in this class as I thought I would, but I'm going to take another one and do better. Oh, I didn't, you know, get the internship that I wanted, but I'm going to go and get another internship and I'm going to, you know, kill it. (laughs) Um, So I think that's what separates people. You just got to keep coming back and you got to come back stronger and you got to come back harder. So that is what's going to make you successful, ultimately. Dr. Burton, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Nasinga Burton is the digital editor of Grady News Source and an instructor at the Grady College of Journalism at the University of Georgia. Thank you for listening to The Lead. Today's episode was produced by Daniel Funky with special help from Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more interviews with media leaders, go to soundcloud.com slash theleadpodcast or find us on Twitter at theleadpodcast.